If you wonder about the birds and the bees, just tune in to some Frank and Beans. Welcome to Frank and Beans, everybody. Frank and Beans, a sex and relationship podcast. Where he's Brian. And that's Beth. <laughs> <laughs> Caught you off guard on that one, didn't I? Yeah, was not <laughs> expecting that. Uh, well, welcome everyone. Um, if you uh, to recap our last episode, we talked about marriage equality. Mm-hmm. So happy Pride Month for sure. Happy Pride Month. Uh, my good friend Ashley uh, helped us to recap the previous episode, which was sex addiction, um, and she, as a licensed clinical social worker. Had a lot of interesting stuff to offer that. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you liked that episode or any of the other ones, you could do us a super duper solid and leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on, iTunes or Facebook or wherever you can review us. It really helps the show out. Absolutely. It helps us to rise in the charts and other people to see it. Yeah. So you'll get better daters out of the deal. You bet. (laughs) But if you uh, want to um, give us any of your show ideas, ask us any questions, etc., you can email us at fnbpodcast at gmail.com, uh, which is just the letters franknovemberbravo at gmail.com. Absolutely. Also, we have our Patreon up. Um, give us your money. For as little as <laughs> $3, you can get a Oops. beer crack in your honor. Yeah. And we will cheers to you. Um, this week's beer crack goes to Jennifer in Washington. Thank you, Jennifer Thank in you. Washington. Yeah. We also have t-shirts up there. Um, it is not a monthly subscription. You pay one time and you can, um, back out of it after that. So don't look at it and go, oh man, I got to pay $25 a month every month for a t-shirt. Nope. Just once. But if you want to, you certainly can. You, I would love for you to. <laughs> <laughs> because podcasting is cheap, but it's not free. Yeah, and it helps us to keep the show commercial free for you. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Um, Brian, are you ready for the Fuck Yeah News Story of the Week? Fuck yeah. Fuck Yeah News Story of the Week. Fuck Yeah News Story of the Week. We've got trapped strip of Fuck Yeah Master Betting in an Ikea. <laughs> All right. Well, this week's uh, Fuck Yeah News Story of the Week comes to us from Mashable.com. And it is that Grinder has removed its controversial ethnicity filters. How about that? Yeah. If you don't know what Grinder is, it's a uh, dating website for the homosexual population. And, yeah, they used to have ethnicity filters up there, but... Um, Considering the state of the world right now, they have decided to remove those. So I think that's genius. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I think it's great. Um, the killing of George Floyd by police officers has spurred not only protests across the United States, but also often embarrassing responses from brands. The queer dating app Grinder offered its own statement on Twitter and Instagram on Monday, coinciding with the first day of Pride Month. They will take action, including not only donating to both Black Lives Matter and the Marsha P. Johnson Institute, but also by removing their ethnicity filters for the next app release, 
Um, we will continue to fight racism on Grinder, the statement said, both through dialogue with our community and zero tolerance policy for racism and hate speech on our platform. Love it. Yeah. A Grinder spokesperson told Mashable that racism has no place in their community. To help do our part, we have decided to remove the ethnicity filter from our Grinder app. Once the filter is removed, users will no longer be able to filter profiles by ethnicity, they said. We thank all those that have provided feedback. We listened and we will continue to fight racism on Grinder, both through dialogue with our community and a zero tolerance policy for hate speech on our platform. I love it. Yeah, I good wish, stuff, right? Yeah, I wish all the other ones would do that. You know, Tinder and Bumble, Plenty of Fish, they should all do that. I literally never use filters hardly at all, except distance. Yeah. You know what I mean? That makes sense, though. I mean... Otherwise, you know what? Short, tall, fat, thin, blonde, brown, black, I don't care. Right. Let me see them dicks. (laughs) 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 Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! If you don't follow our Facebook, we did just post a meme. Oh, it said, you know, when you're too busy and too um, aggravated to flirt. And then it's just a picture of a woman saying, show me that dick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. I love it. Please follow us on on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, we're so good at it. We we are pretty good at it. (laughs) Well, I'll say you are. I haven't been very good about it in a while. Oh, that's fair. I feel like um, you know I've trying to been trying trying to keep up with the daily um, activity, so at least yeah. one thing a day pops up there. And nice, cool. What are we talking about today, Brian? Let's talk about BDSM. Yeah, hence the hurt so good. Yeah, come on, baby, make it hurt so good. Yeah, yeah. So, what is BDSM for those of you that don't know? BDSM is a variety of erotic practices and role-playing involving bondage, discipline, dominance, and submission, sadomasochism, and other related interpersonal dynamics. Boof. A combination of the following abbreviations, BD stands for bondage and discipline, DS stands for dominance and submission, or SM stands for sadism and masochism. Ah. Hmm. Very interesting. This was the first topic ever that Brian knew more about than me. <laughs> <laughs> but who participates in this sort of thing, right? Um, BDSM communities generally welcome anyone with a non-normative streak who identifies with the community. This may include cross-dressers, body modification enthusiasts, animal role players, rubber fetishists, and others. Hmm. Sounds like a party. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, relationships within a BDSM context are often characterized by the participants taking on complementary but unequal roles. The terms submissive or sub and dominant or dom are often used, but top and bottom are also frequently used. And is the female specific terms mistress, dame, or dominatrix. Um, yeah. Hmm. And those who enjoy playing both ro- roles are referred to as switches. Switches get uh, stitches? I don't know. Switches get switches, Switch- probably. Switches get switches. Switch like a, 
Isn't that like a switch, like what they used to call like a little stick that oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. beat your ass back? <laughs> mm, switches get switches. I like yeah. that. Um, top and dominant are widely used for the partner in the relationship that play the physical, active, or controlling role in the relationship. Um, the bottom or the submissive are widely used for partners in the relationship that play the physical receptive or controlled role. Interesting. At most clubs and group organized BDSM parties and events, dungeon monitors or DMs, uh, provide an additional safety net for people playing there, ensuring that house rules are followed and safe words respected. This is like chaperones at the high school dance, like, leave enough room for Jesus. I think it might be a little bit different than that. It's basically the same thing. Basically. Um, But there are also those who make a profession out of this practice. So uh, Pro Dame offers uh, services encompassing the range of bondage, discipline, and dominance in exchange for money. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then professional submissives or pro subs although far more rare, do exist. So a professional submissive consents to their client's dominating behavior within negotiated limits and often works within a professional dungeon. Interesting. Didn't you have something to sh- add about yeah. the dame? Yeah, so um, the difference between a dame and a dominatrix is a dame does not provide a sexual release. You're just going to get the, mm. sheep, the shit beat out of you. You're not going to come. I mean, what's the point in that? Uh, it, it's it's a thing. I don't know. People do it. <laughs> you, hmm. you just get the shit beat out of you or, you know, degraded I mean, or whatever. You might as well come at the end. I mean, I <laughs> I would want to. Ah, <laughs> uh, to each their own, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so where does this take place? Um, the physical place where BDSM activity takes place is usually called a dungeon, Though some prefer less dramatic terms, including play space or club. Do you ever go to the uh, play yes. space and get the shit beat out of you? Like, <laughs> doesn't McDonald's like have a play space now? I was just going to say, they call the, the ones with the like playgrounds play places. Right. Which also, by the way, was the most disgusting thing on earth. Because I used to work at McDonald's when I was like 14 and 15. Yeah. And um, like literally kids would just like barf in the ball pits, piss all over the slides. Yeah. like. It was like you fucked up that week if you had to like be in charge of the play place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't ever put your kids in one of those. No. Skills. Okay. Um, a scene is the stage or setting where BDSM activity takes place, as well as the activity itself. So a scene can take place in a club where they can be viewed by others, mm. or, or can also be uh, take place in a club where they can be viewed by others. Sounds like fun. Uh, when a scene takes place in a public setting, it may be because the participants enjoy being watched by others. That was called, oh, damn it. We just talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It's not voyeurism, is it? It's the other one. Exhibitionism. Exhibitionism. Yeah. Well, like voyeurism is the people who like to watch it, and yeah. then exhibitionism is like being watched. Right. So it may be because the participants enjoy being watched by others, or because of the equipment available. Or because having third parties present adds safety for the play partners who have only recently met. I've never thought about that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, when I initially read that, for some reason, I was thinking, like, a public place? What are they, like, in a park? 
<laughs> no, I realized they meant like professional clubs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> As public, not like open, out in the open. But anyway, um, the age of the internet has made private BDSM parties also referred to as munches, <laughs> much easier to orchestrate, recruit for, and attend with discretion. Hmm. God bless the interwebs. The interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> wonder how they came up with the term munches. I don't know, but I was like, ew, it just sounds weird. Yeah. Do people normally like eat high. during these? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um, BDSM parties show similarities to ones in dark culture. Uh, being based on a more or less strict enforced dress code, strictly enforced dress code, often clothing made with leather, latex, or vinyl PVC. What was that one? Lycra. 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 Yeah. Lycra, and so on, emphasizing the body shape and primarily, and the primary and secondary sexual care characteristics. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> you know, the, I don't think latex breathes at all. No, yeah. and I think no one wants to see me in that, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I probably need to get in one to get rid of that quarantine 15, but yeah, <laughs> just like, sweat it uh, out. We went to this, we went to this superheroes versus uh, villains bar crawl in Nashville one year. Mm -hmm. uh, my friend Kenny, my ex-boyfriend, and my friend Brian all went, and I was Catwoman. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely a very tight suit. <laughs> <laughs> it looked good at the time, probably with my quarantine 15, not quite as enjoyable, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, in addition, such parties offer both exhibitionists and voyeurs a form to indulge their inclinations without social criticism. Makes sense. Yeah. So the scene has become so popular that the demand for more public gatherings has given way to such venues as fetishes, fetish clubs, such as Torture Garden in the UK, erotic fairs, such as uh, Venice, Berlin. Venus, Berlin. Venus, Berlin. Folsom Street Fair, which is one of the largest BDSM events held in San Francisco. It is the world's largest BDSM event. Mm. I want, that would be fun. I'd like to check this out. I would go just for shits and gigs, you know? Sure, yeah. Um, I don't know if I want to get too far into it, but... No, but it would be fun to go look at. Can I just show up in my cargo shorts and my flippy floppies? You think? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Is that acceptable? I mean, yeah, there's probably less carnies there than a regular fair, too, you know what I mean? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also conventions devoted to the education and support of the community, such as Living in Leather... And Black Rose. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, but what do they really do? So activities within a BDSM context are referred to as play, a scene, or a session. Participants derive pleasure from activities that under normal circumstances may not be pleasant, such as inflicting pain, humiliation, or being restrained. Mm. Explicit sexual activity... Uh, such as sexual penetration, may occur within a section, but it is not essential. It's so interesting to me. You know, I that's where that's where I draw the line. I mean, like, I, most people don't mind being spanked or, you know, have, right. have their, pull, their hair pulled or something like that. But 
you're not going to spank me and pull on my beard if I'm not going to come. Like, there needs, no. There needs to be some. Right. I would assume that penetration and, but it's not about that. And to me, that's kind of, uh, I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, to each their own, for sure. Yeah. You know. But uh, more extreme, higher risk play is referred to as edge play. Yeah. Living on the edge. <laughs> yeah. Other types of play include, but are not limited to, animal role play. So I'm guessing that's the furries? Oh, uh, no. I think it's like when you like bark like a dog, get down. Oh, you gotcha. Yeah. Leash, like, yeah. Mm. Uh, breast torture. Sounds fun. Cock and ball torture. Sign me up. Really? No, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God. No. I figured you were going to like die inside reading that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did a little bit. I had to, you know, redirect. <laughs> um, pussy torture. No, thanks. No, thanks. Um, erotic electro stimulation. Stimulation. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm all set on that. <laughs> yeah, no. Flogging, that's with the whips and all that other stuff. Um, floggers. Uh, golden showers, peeing on people. Water it's a sports. hard pass for me. Yeah, no. Hard pass. That goes in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, that's disgusting. Um, human furniture. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'm a lamp. <laughs> I kind of want to see it. I don't know if I want to participate, but I'm just right. interested to see, like, I am a couch. I'm going to sit on you now. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. Uh, medical play. That's a little too scary for me. Yeah, I don't like that one. <laughs> no. Um, you're going to have to help me on this one. Paraphilic. Paraphilic infantilism. Which is? That's when you act like a baby. No. <laughs> nope. I think we've talked about that before, yeah. right? I'm not changing diapers, no. Oh, no, that is so weird and gross. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I when, my, when my ex-wife was lactating, I definitely partook in that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't, like, feed me I'm a baby, you know? Weird. So weird. Yeah, maybe. Um, spanking. Which I wonder what the difference between flogging and spanking is. Flogging uh, is like, you know, like with like the cat of nine tails sure. and stuff. Whipping is more like with a crop or with your butt. Or spanking, I mean. Yeah, with your hand. Um, spanking is more like hand. Flogging is with like a device. I'm also say. thinking that flogging isn't necessarily like on the ass. Like somebody can flog your back or the back of your thighs or something like that, you know? Your inner yeah. thighs to where spanking, I think, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure they flogged Jesus before they put him on the cross. <laughs> the question was, did he come? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. This is falling right back onto uh, stigmata masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, moving, oh moving along. Um, <laughs> suspension. Um, this is kind of cool. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be through, like, body piercings. That freaks right, me it could be ship. like you know, like it can be as simple as like a swing, you know, one of those swings that people have. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The the piercings and hanging from your piercings freaks me the fuck out. No thanks. The, yeah, that's yeah. weird. Tickle torture. Nope. That nope. is a fucking nope. <laughs> I hate being tickled so much. The last person that tickled me got punched in the nose, like not even on purpose. It was just a natural reaction from my hand. Like it was like 
literal like decked across the nose. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry. I warned you not to tickle me. That's yeah. what happens. <laughs> no, tickle torture. No, that sounds horrible. Um, and then wax play. Mm, I don't know. I don't like that. Yeah. And I'm sure we just barely scratched the surface on that, but that's a pretty, pretty decent uh, start to anyone who might be interested in BDSM. For sure. That seems like the basics. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also subtypes of BDSM. So bondage, uh, obviously, which is the physical, the practice of physical restraint. Simply put, it's the act, uh, the act is binding the partner by tying appendages together. Oops, that was a burp. Take a drink. Take a drink. Um, Usually using rope or handcuffs. Spreading is also an act of bondage where appendages are spread and bound in place with bars, chains, or ropes. Doesn't sound so bad. No, that's not. No. Yeah. Um, There's also discipline, which refers to psychological restraint uh, with use of rules and punishment to guide behavior. This can come in the form of pain, such as whipping, humiliation, such as public flagellation. Yeah. Gross. Gross. Or loss of freedom, such as chaining them to an object. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Sadomasochism, derived from the words sadism and masochism. Uh, Sadism describes sexual pleasure derived from inflicting pain, degradation, humiliation on another person. Or causing another person to suffer. On the other hand, the masochist enjoys being hurt, humiliated, or suffering within the consensual scenario. Okay. Yeah. And then sadomasochist, sadomasochistic scenes sometimes reach a level that appears more extreme or cruel than other forms of BDSM. All right. So, the key to all of this is consent. Yeah. Ooh, we're a big fan of consent around here at Frank and Beans. We are, yeah, the big proponents of that. Mm. The consent and compliance for a sadomasochistic situation can be granted only by people who can judge the potential results. Yes. So, uh, participants must then communicate prior to participation what they are consenting to, including the extent to which the scene will go the potential risks, if a safe word will be used, what that is, and so on. Yeah. Additionally, both parties must have the mental capacity to consent. So they must be of age, of sound mind, of sound mind. (laughs) I got this throat thing going on. Sound mind and sober. So this isn't something you go out and get drunk and like, oh, I want somebody to whip me. Right. No, don't do that. No. If that happens, like, I would get the fights and just, like, start fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's probably why they threw that in there. Like, ah, we're tired of these drunk Beckys coming in thinking they're, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Thinking they they like to be whipped, and then now they got a problem with it. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I didn't consent to that. Well, you were drunk, bitch. So, Um, yeah. So, uh, and once the limitations have been agreed upon, generally a contract is signed to protect both parties, though not legally binding, it helps to provide structure and a sense of security. Makes sense. I think that's good to be on the same page. Yeah. And, you know, even though it may not be legally binding, you could probably be like, no, look, you know, you could probably go to a lawyer and like, here's what we agreed upon. I know that this isn't legally binding. Here's what we agreed upon. Here's her signature. I didn't step with outside of these um, barriers. 
Right. Like if someone was to pull a, like, you know. Oh, he hit me too hard. Charge. Yeah. Or even, yeah. you know, a domestic violence charge or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, the structure generally allows for withdrawal of consent at any time for participants. See, that's good. Yeah. Um, a safe word is generally selected that both parties understand means stop. Yeah. And oftentimes, a safe symbol may be used to indicate withdrawal of consent if speech is restricted. Right. Like, you got that ball gag in you. Like. <laughs> Yeah. I just think of Pulp Fiction when <laughs> that scene when uh, Marcellus Wallace has yeah. a ball gag. Get the gimp. Yeah. Get the gimp. Wake oh, up God. the Ugh. gimp. Yeah. Oh, fuck. That is my favorite movie except that part. Except that part. <laughs> Fucking Quentin Second favorite, too. actually. But yeah. <laughs> Every time. I know, right? Um, okay. So, uh, failure to honor a safe word or symbol is not only considered serious misconduct, but can also be highly illegal and turn into a crime depending on the law. Mm, interesting. So, yeah, I guess that's why all this communication is so critical. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And uh, many times a safe word may also be established that means slow down, where this is getting too intense, um, which is the partner's cue to take down the intensity, but not a complete withdrawal of consent. So what I've heard with this is normally like, Instead of coming up with dumb safe words like potato and, um, I don't know, anything else, you can just use the word yellow to like, whoa, slow right. down. Yeah, like a slow down, like a stop sign. Yeah, yeah. and then red light. is like, nope, nope, we're done here. Yeah, I mean, honestly, to the credit of this, like, A, you know, all of the consent is good, obviously. Sure. B... You're probably much more likely to enjoy the experience when you have these conversations about it beforehand. Absolutely. This is what I like. This is what I don't. Like, how many times do you just go and have sex with someone and it's all trial and error, you know? Yeah. And, then, you know, another good point, uh, um, an episode that we did on uh, swinging and polyamorism. Like, there's so much communication, so much consent with those with those people that it doesn't seem as weird. It doesn't seem as, like... Um, you've talked about this. You know what I mean? Right. Like, when do you ever talk to your boyfriend about like, hey, what if we want to fuck other people? No, that's that's right. kind of a hard subject to bring up. Or like, okay, like I want to be spanked, but I don't want you to like slap me across the face or something. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, all of this communication just leads to probably, yeah, like an enjoyable experience. And again, one that you don't have to worry about going too far or a place you don't like. Yeah, absolutely. This is all established beforehand, so. Um, but yeah, so there is a fine line between pleasure and pain, though. Um, because the activities involved in this type of lifestyle include ones that involve risk of injury or pain, there are different theories on codes of behavior that can commonly be used to indicate one's willingness to accept the risk of the situation. All right. So because express consent is imperative... The community has adopted the motto, safe, sane, and consensual, commonly abbreviated as SSC, which means that everything is based on safe, safe activities, that all participants be of significantly sound slash sane mind to consent, and that all participants do consent. I like that. Yeah, makes sense. If I'm yeah. going to be tied up and having somebody hit me, like, I want to make sure that... 
when I say red, we're fucking done here. Yeah, for real. Um, but yeah, so some practitioners feel that individual responsibility should be more emphasized, though. Like, you know, it shouldn't be the responsibility of the dame to, like, read your cues. Mm-hmm. But it's more your responsibility as, like, the submissive or what have you to accept the risk that of whatever happens, right? Right. So the term rack was developed to describe risk-aware consensual uh, kink. Using this term indicates to participants <laughs> that they are responsible for their own well-being. To me, that makes sense. Because um, you don't know how far people want to go. Right. Uh, and then th- that's another thing, like, uh, with the – well, well, we'll get there. So yeah. advocates of RAC argue that SSC can hamper discussion of risk because no activity is truly safe. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And that discussion of even low-risk possibilities is necessary for truly informed consent. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, mm-hmm. if yeah, like, how far are you going to go with, like, exactly, you know, what you're going to discuss and put down in writing? Sure. And then I don't know if maybe that takes a little bit of the joy or exploration out of it to these people. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so it's probably just more like, okay, like, this is the people who say, let's just go into this with an open mind. And, you know, like, if you don't want to do something, make it clear that at that time that you didn't like that instead of doing all that discussion on the the forefront, essentially. Sure. And it also seems like with Rack, it's maybe there's more of a progression to it to where, like, hey, you want to be whipped, but do you know what a whip will do to you? Right. And you want to be whipped while you're tied up. But do you know how that feels to, like, be whipped and not be able to move? Like, let's slow down a little bit. Yeah, they just basically, like, you're going into this accepting risk, you know. Yeah. Leaves the possibilities a little more open, I assume. But uh, they further argue that setting a discrete line between safe and not safe activities ideologically denies consenting adults the right to evaluate risk versus reward for themselves. Mm -hmm. So, again, you know, like, if you just say, this is what I want you to do, you're not really leaving yourself open for what the potential could be. Right. Makes sense. So, um, RAC may be seen as focusing primarily upon awareness and informed consent rather than accepted safe practices. So, again, like, RAC seems like it may be a little more, maybe a little more out there for people like you and me, but they're also, um, uh, what was it? It seems like this is more like the advanced level, you know? Right. Like, maybe you're into SSC if you're just dipping your toes in the water, but then Rack is more like the people who are, you know, this is their thing. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to say with the um, uh, with the consent and everything else, like, it's some people's fetish to have someone tell them stop, no. So, like, to have a safe word of stop or no yes. is not good. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And also, it could be someone's fantasy to, like, be... Yeah. For lack of a better way to say it, but like non-consensually had sex with. Yeah. I mean, to put it out there, yeah, there are rape fantasies, uh, both by Uh men and women. And I'm sure there's a lot of stop or no um, in there. And that's why it's important to put those safe words out there and make them simple as possible. For sure. Yeah. But how common is this practice really? Um, 
BDSM is practiced in all social strata and is common in both heterosexual and homosexual men and women and in varied occurrences and intensities. Yeah. Everyone's doing it. Yeah. Um, Alfred, to some degree. To some degree. To some degree, yeah. <laughs> Alfred Kinsley stated in his 1953 nonfiction book, Sexual Behavior in the Human Female, that 12% of females and 22% of males reported having an erotic response to a sadomasochistic story. And that was in 1953. Yeah. Like, World War II just over. We sure. got Leave it to Beaver Cleavers <laughs> yeah. for days going on. Still, 12% of women, 22% of men. Not bad. Interesting. Um, a non-representative survey on the sexual behavior of American students published in 1997. So fast forward 54 years or 44 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and based on questionnaires, had a response rate of about 8 to 9%. So like almost 10% of students ended up taking this. Mm-hmm. Um, its results showed the following percentages had an erotic response to BDSM fantasies across groups. So before we talked about, you know, just male versus female, but here this is more like sexual orientation. So 15% of homosexual and bisexual males had an erotic response to BDSM. Uh, 21% of lesbian and female bisexual students. Interesting. So they were the most into it because only 11% of heterosexual males and 9% of female heterosexuals. Very interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so a representative study done from 2001 to 2002 in Australia found that 1.8% of sexually active people made up of 2.2% men and 1.3% women, uh, but no significant sex difference, had engaged in BDSM activity in the previous year. Okay, so less popular down under. That's... Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Another representative study published in 1999 by the German Institute for Rational Psychology found that about, no surprises here, two-thirds of the interviewed women stated a desire to be at the mercy of their sexual partner from time to time, and 69% admitted to fantasies dealing with sexual submissiveness. 42% stated interest in explicit BDSM techniques, and 25% in bondage. That's huge. I mean, Germans are freak elites, you know? <laughs> yeah, they are. But that is There's huge. a reason you hear German dungeon porn, you know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not uh, Idaho dungeon porn. That's something right. different. <laughs> oh, wow. Go Germany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a 2009 study on two separate st- samples of male undergraduate students, students in Canada found that 62 to 65%, depending on the sample, had entered, st- uh, had entered, or I'm sorry, entertained, entertained uh, sadistic fantasies, and 22 to 39% engaged in s- sadistic behaviors during sex. The figures were 62 and 52% for bondage fantasies, and 14 to 23% for bondage behaviors. So again... Pretty freaky in Canada. Yeah, they're not they're not doing so bad in Canada. <laughs> right? You think their safe word is sorry? Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Texas side 10 for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then a 2017 cross-sectional representative survey among the general Belgian population 
demonstrated a substantial prevalence of BDSM fantasies and activities. 12.5% of the of the population performed one or more BDSM practices on a regular basis. How about that? So, yeah, it's pretty fucking popular there. Yeah. Yeah. And these uh, communities even have their own little pride flags, which will, will pop up on the Facebook yeah. uh, site so that you can see them. But one is the leather pride flag. And the other one is the BDSM rights flag. So, yeah, they just, you know, are uh, have a symbol of strength and unity for their community, which is what Pride Month is all about, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Um, uh, now, Brian. Yeah. You and I took a little test I'm online. Not, yeah. <laughs> it was at BDSM bdsmtest.org yeah and anyone and can I, go, anyone can go and take take this what's interesting about this so you can have your results emailed to somebody else if you want it to so if you want it to if you're in a relationship <laughs> I know, no one needs to know this about me <laughs> right yeah but we're gonna say it on a podcast um but if you and your partner want to take this and you're kind of like i don't really know what i like or what i don't like you can have your results emailed to them so that way they're kind of like oh hey you scored high for this and i scored high for that maybe we can try this out i had someone specifically ask me to take this test oh so that's how i ended up here oh gotcha (laughs) did they share their results with you they did not share their results with me, but I shared mine with them. That's not fair. Well, I mean, I didn't really ask, but it was uh, there's other reasons behind that. So, anyway, Brian, you took this test too, did you not? I did. Do you have your results, Andy? I do. Um, do you just want to start at the top and? Um, I'll do like my top five, or I'll get to like fifty percent, and then. Okay. Or no, we'll just go through it. Okay. Um, it turns out. I, Beth Bronzek, and 68% submissive. <laughs> nah. <laughs> now, let me back that up by saying the reason that comes up is because I am in charge all day long. Mm-hmm. People asking me questions, me telling them what to do. Yes. When I'm at home and I'm in the bedroom, I just want somebody to take control, tell me what to do. Not like you know what I mean. So it's yeah. like the total opposite of my normal personality. Makes sense, and I, I, yeah. I think you see that in a lot of people. To where it's like, if this is going to be your release, you want to do the opposite of what you're doing um, in your normal day to day. Bingo! Yeah. yeah, I want someone to take control of me because I have control over everything all day. So right, was that your number one? That was your top. That one? was my number one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about Excuse your me. number one? My number one, eighty-four percent experimentalist. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Sure. Yeah. And then I my second was 59% switch. Okay. Which I don't really agree with. I don't have a whole hmm. lot of, like, dominant. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. So, so my second one at 81% dominant. Okay. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Probably. So for- then... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Probably for the same exact but opposite reason of yours. Right, exactly, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, also tied with Switch for me was Brat, which okay. I can totally see. Yeah. Because, like, I want to be told what to do, but then I want to defy it. Yeah. My, so I can get in trouble. My, <laughs> <laughs> my Brat was 3%, so. 
Really? That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> um, I was only 56% experimentalist. Gotcha. Oh. Um, let's see. My third one, 63% non-monogamist. <laughs> no surprises there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> After that, I was 56% experimentalist. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Mine is uh, 62% master. Ah, well, I mean, yeah, that's no surprises there. Sure. Uh, 55% masochist here. Interesting. My next one, 60% sadist. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 51% degrady. Mm. I got, uh, I'm going to do these back to back because I feel like they're relevant, but, uh, 59% brat tamer and then 28% <laughs> degrader. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't have done this. <laughs> yeah, this is really like... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. There's so many weird things in here. We'll just go through like with the other ones that you can find out how much you are, are without revealing ours. Sure. You can be... It tells you how much of a voyeur you might be, mm-hmm. how vanilla you might be, Yeah. Uh, what an exhibitionist percentage you might be, what a slave you might be, what a rope bunny... You might be, which I don't really know what that is. I think rope bunny is the opposite of a rigger. So the rope bunny is the person who's being tied up. Oh, wait. Hang on a second. I lost you. Oh, no. Um, rope bunny is somebody who's being tied up. Oh, rope bunny is like being tied up. Okay. And then so. the rigger is the person who's doing the tie- the tying up. Got it. Okay. Because rigger is on there, too. Mm-hmm. There's also pet. Mm-hmm. I scored zero um, percent on that one. Fuck that. <laughs> really? Yeah, mine's even a little high for mine. So um, there's also primal, which you can either be the prey or the hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rigger, the degrader, the master, mistress, owner, uh, boy slash girl. I don't know. What that I is. think that's age- the age play. Yeah. Well, no, because then they they have age player after that. Oh, they do. And then daddy slash mommy. Uh. <laughs> uh, brat tamer, non-monogamous, and sadist. Yeah. So that was all the different categories. Mm-hmm. And if you do take this, take the longer version. It doesn't take that much longer. It's only like 10 minutes, not even. Yeah. And I think it really kind of narrows it down. Yeah. It was pretty interesting stuff. So good times. Good times indeed. Yeah. Well, that was BDSM, folks. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously get that consent. That's the, the most important thing. Uh, communicate mm-hmm. about it. Maybe take that test first to see, like, how willing or, like, where you might be at on something. Or maybe something that you might be into that you hadn't considered before. Sure, because they do kind of ask questions. I mean, some some of the questions they ask, you're like, nope, I know what, I know where you're going with that. But some of them are, you know, a little more obscure to where it's like... I don't know where you're going with this. I kind of do like that. And then you find out that it's foot fetish. Right. <laughs> you just never know. Sure. I mean, definitely, especially if like you don't necessarily know that much about yourself and about it when you haven't been like too big on experimenting or anything. Yeah. And you know, you, um, with zero exposure to this stuff, I mean, I don't, I don't know if anybody just goes and watches like BDSM porn without knowing what to look for. 
Yeah, that's true. Because if you put in BDSM, it is such a general category. Ooh, and some of the stuff is rough. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of it's like real serial killer dungeony. Like, uh. right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, Take the test. Feel free to explore and have fun with that whole little area of life because it's, you know, sure, things interesting. Yeah, and it's fun to be exciting and. You'll probably make some new friends. For sure. <laughs> I don't know that there are any dungeons anywhere near Waynesville, North Carolina. But you might be surprised. <laughs> they might just be in the woods. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Cool, cool. Well, well, Brian, are you ready for the What the Frank Tinder profile of the week? What the Frank? <laughs> I am ready. I'm ready to go on this one. Are you ready to meet uh, V? Yes. V is 26. She lives in Topeka. Um, She says, I'm the kind of girl you can take home to meet your dad. He'll think I'm charming, kind, and smart. He'll fall in love with me, and I think I'll feel the same way. We'll get married, and I'll be your mom. I'll confront you. Why do you have a Tinder account? You'll be grounded. Short and fat. Sorry. Sorry, Uh, Short and fat. Love myself. Not your cup of coffee. Swipe left. Um, Not looking for hookups. Obligatory. Not looking for hookups. I've definitely seen that like first part before in other profiles. Yeah. So I would give her credit, but that is definitely stolen material, which as a comedian is a hot button for me. Sure. Yeah. Don't do that. I don't like it. But you know, the. uh, not looking for hookups. You don't know what you're looking for. You don't know what's going to happen out of a Tinder match. Did I tell right. you I got rid of my Tinder? You did tell me that. Yeah, I got rid of it all. All of the dating apps? All of the dating apps. Wow, Brian. I'm, I'm done I'm done with it. I'm fucking fed up with it. <laughs> but we're under quarantine. How are you supposed to meet girls? Well, you know. You already have enough girls. So you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Singular. Did you forget? Okay. Singular I girl. Did because you didn't tell me about this. Yeah. I mean, I did, but we didn't talk about it. Right. Okay. Are you ready to meet Matthew? Yes. Matthew is 37 years old. I'm nowhere perfect. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's already funny. I'm, like, I'm going to have a hard time reading this while laughing. So hang tight. <laughs> I'm nowhere, by the way, nowhere is two separate words. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Just so we're clear. I'm nowhere perfect. And this is all one long run-on sentence, by the way. There's no no periods. Okay. I'm nowhere perfect. I do have flaws. To be upfront and honest, I'm missing a few teeth in the front. (laughs) 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 I can't breathe. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Hang on. So. Oh, okay. That was a tough one to get through. Okay. So, I'm missing a few teeth in the front. So, if perfect is what you are looking for, it's not me. So, don't waste your time or mine. And if you are the type of person who would judge someone like that, then you're definitely not the person for me. that it? That's it. So... Oh, Matthew. Matthew. For starters, 
How dare you shame people for judging you on missing front teeth? Absolutely. I was going to say, like, if if there were punctuation in this and he didn't resolve to, like, the self-loathing, you probably would have a decent profile. Or, like, guilt-shaming someone into, like... I'm missing teeth, but you're judging me on that, so I'm going to judge you on that. Right. It's not that hard to go to the dentist. Right. Well, and, you know, there might be some people out there that are like, no, I can look past that. But since you brought so much fucking attention to it... And it's you're shaming all you me. said about yourself. Right. And now you're shaming me if I have a problem with you missing teeth. Then, no, Matthew. That's complete bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Did he have any pictures where he was smiling? No. All He had several pictures, which I gave him credit for, but his mouth was closed in every one of them. Yeah. Okay, we get it. Like, shit happens. People lose their teeth. You know, who knows? Maybe he was... Some reasonable, understandable story on how he lost his teeth. But don't make other people feel like shit about that. Right. It's not our fault. Right. And people would probably be willing to look past it if you didn't draw so much attention. And If it wasn't the only thing you said about yourself. Except for... Besides uh, bad punctuation (laughs) and grammar. And nowhere perfect. Nowhere near, nowhere near perfect. I mean, you know, maybe. I'm nowhere perfect. I do have flaws to be upfront and honest. I'm missing a few. All one long run on sentence. Mm-hmm. Oh, Matthew. Oh, Matthew. Even with his mouth closed. Decent looking guy. Honestly, weirdly enough, if he had teeth, I'd go for it. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. What the Frank? What the Frank? That's what's out there. Yesterday, I was just flipping, and I was like, do, 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 do. Oh. <laughs> I, I should probably tell you this one off the air. I'll tell you this one off the air. Okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah, crazy story. So I'm at the point where I'm almost <laughs> just about as close to giving up as you could possibly get. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Oh, what the Frank? What the Frank? Okay. So we have a new sign-off that we decided on. I know we just changed it, but I'm changing it again. (laughs) Um, We decided that we are now going to sign off by letting you know who we're crushing on this week and who we're dumping this week. I like it. Yeah. So, So Brian, who are we crushing on this week? This week, we are crushing on Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Mm. For um, providing prolific leadership communication during an American crisis when he doesn't even have to anymore. That's what's yes. amazing. Like, Yes, Mama. Yeah, Before Donald Trump ever even made a statement, yeah. Barack was on it. Well, I don't know if you heard what George W. Bush said. He was like, this is the time to listen and not the time to lecture. And exactly. Like, Holy shit, dude. What up? <laughs> Literally, I was saying to someone the other day. This is the first time that it would ever come out of my mouth. Man, I really wish George W. Bush was back in office. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. The guy who said, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on you. Because you see, if you fool me more, more than once, <laughs> the same guy, the same <laughs> fucking guy says, nope, it's the time to listen, not the time to lecture. Amen. 
Yeah. Um, so if you haven't read the statement he made to the public regarding the protest of police brutality nationwide, uh, light a candle, run a bubble bath, <laughs> throw on some Barry White, and you'll have a real girl. And have yourself a read, girl. And have yourself a read, girl. Mm. 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 <laughs> yeah, Barack. <laughs> so... This week, we're dumping. Racists. Oh my God. Get they are getting They are getting dumped by the hundreds on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. These uneducated. Yeah, for sure. I know you have too, Brian. It's been a cleansing, a real purge of my friends list. Yeah. Um, these uneducated, hateful, redneck, needle dick shit for brains have got to go. Yes. Okay, honey, it's not us, it's you. Oh, it's definitely you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the only people you need to be dating is your cousins so that your speech so that your species will eventually become extinct. Bobbitch. <laughs> you know, I saw something on, on Facebook, which I've, I've, I'm having a real problem with Facebook, but it was the number of states who have had a protest against police brutality. And do you want to know what the number of those states are? 50. 50 motherfucking states. The only 50. thing that everyone can agree on is that police should not be killing people. Right. Waynesville, little old Waynesville, North Carolina had the most perfectly respectful, nonviolent, beautiful march that I participated in this last week. Mm-hmm. And that shit felt so good. Yeah. We were thanking all the officers who were there guiding the march through town. Mm-hmm. We, there was one house, one house who had anything to say about our march. There Mm -hmm. was this little 85-year-old couple on their porch holding hands, shaking a fist in the air for us, you know? Like, there was little kids along the way. My niece and nephew spent all day making signs to go... My sister, who's never done an edgy thing in her entire life, brought the kids to a rally in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And... You know, they're five and seven, so they weren't ready to learn about murder yet. Sure. So their signs said Black Matters. Mm -hmm. And because, yeah, my sister wasn't ready to explain Black Lives Matter because the the reason. Well, the way that she said it to them is that, well, people are being really mean to people just because of what they look like. Yeah. And my little dear sweet nephew, who was just the most sensitive soul on the planet, is like, Mom, we got to go help him. And I was like in tears because like he just like as soon as he heard about injustice, about social injustice, like Mm -hmm. he just like Aunt Beth right up and like, you know, was like, we got to do this, you know. And yeah, so it's not us. It's not everybody. It's you. You're a racist piece of shit. So 100% of the states in America are protesting against police brutality, it's probably time that you figured out that you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Do For we sure. do we 100% agree with the looters and the rioters? Not 
95% maybe. But it's not really our business to tell black people how to feel right now or how That's to respond exactly or how to right. react. Because they're not wrong in doing that. We're wrong for not doing anything before now. Yeah. I don't know how it feels to grow up and know that if I get pulled over, there's a large chance that I'm not going home that night. I'm at least getting arrested. Or if they bust into your house in the middle of the night. Right. How many were on that Black Lives Matter one that we mm. did? I mean, it's it's absolutely absurd. And anyone who says otherwise is fucking delusional. Yes, absolutely. Mm. So, anyway. So, bye, bitch. <laughs> so, bye, bitch. <laughs>